Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of you unlucky lounge rats out there. Welcome back to another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this fine local establishment we like to call the Unlucky Lounge in historic Montescrew Manor, and joining me, as always, behind the bar, serving up the best kinds of spirits, it's my main man, Borok. It is the heat of course, set season, Borak, and there are quite a lot of thoughts to be had, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes, Borak, I think your day may have just officially come, but before we get to those insights, few bits of housekeeping. First off, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Also, this podcast is brought to all of you listeners out there, our friends who've been tuning in for the last few weeks, the last few months, or since we first started. Thank you for tuning in. And find us on the social medias, Corey, Damone, Enriquez on Instagram, Draft and Draft Corey on Twitter, or our Patreon, Draft and Draft an MTG podcast. Join in on the community. You help us keep the lights on here in Montescrew Manor. Housekeeping is done. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet. And let's dig into M21 and all the... Th mm -hmm. The world is... Is that a turtle at the end of the bar? Borak, what, why is there a turtle crying at the end of the bar? Well, don't you think that maybe you should go and talk to him? I mean... As the bartender, you're kind of in the hospitality business. I mean, yeah, Borak, it's a little annoying, but have some sympathy, man. He seems really sad. Don't you walk away from me. That table is perfectly clean. You know, if I walked away every time there was something that needed doing and I didn't want to do it, nothing would get done around here. <clears throat> uh, hi there, Mr. Turtle. Excuse me, but the name is Bartholomew Filbert Turtle the Third. But Mr. Turtle will do just fine. Um, okay then. M Mr. Turtle, I was down at the other end of the bar and I couldn't help but notice that you were crying a little bit. Are you doing okay? What? Me? Crying? No, no, I... I... Oh boy, here he goes again. Uh, listen, Mr. Turtle, why don't you tell me what what's getting you down so much? Well, if you must know, you see, as I, the turtle, I like to play longer games. Things that go to turns 10, 11, 15. I love those games, but Horset 2021... I just, I, I can't do what I want to do. The games go too quick. Well, he's not wrong about that. Listen, Mr. Turtle. Mr. Turtle? Wow, Mr. Turtle, you got quite the lung capacity. Listen, Mr. Turtle, I hate to say it, but this is a corset 
there's not that much more complexity than what we have. I don't think the form is going to change that much. It's just going to... It's going to have to be what it is. We're going to have to get used to it. It's just fast and different. Alright. I got to come up with something quick or else he's going to drive everyone out of the bar. Alright. Mr. Turtle. What if you and I... Let's talk a little bit about the draft format and maybe we can figure out some ways to draft more controlled decks. How does that make you feel? Well, I suppose that's okay. Tell me, are there any turtles in this set? Well, there are no turtles like the creature type, but there are a number of 1-4 for 3s. Well, I don't like that there are no turtles, but I do like 1-4 for 3s, turtle. Well, I suppose that's nice, but I can't lie to you. Two of the 1-4 for 3s are actually rares. But there, there is one 1-4 for 3. In fact, it's an uncommon. It's one of the signpost multicolor uncommons. That's going to make you feel happy, right? Well, well, I suppose. What is this card? It's actually a card we talked about before on this podcast, Indulging Patrician. It's a 1-4 for 3 with flying lifelink, and whenever you gain 3 life at the end of your turn, your opponent loses 3 life. Oh, that seems pretty good. It's good in the early defensively, and can get through a lot of effect damage off of incidental life gain. Tell me, how many life gain creatures are there? Well, there are actually three at common, but two of them are pretty well sought after in white aggro decks, and the other is a black three drop that dies to Scorching Dragonfire. Well, tell it to me straight. Is the life gain deck good in this format? Well, kind of... (laughs) No. Uh, there's just not that many things that allow you to gain three life just straight up outside of a instant that doesn't help you develop your board, and you don't really have the time to set up these synergies as people are beating you down. Alright, so the life gain deck didn't shut him up. Um, oh, Mr. Turtle! How do you feel? about playing some blue-black, huh? I mean, those must be colors that you like playing together, being someone that likes to turtle up and control the board, right? A turtle! I love blue-black! It's traditionally some of the best colors to get card advantage and play two-for-one removal spells. Tell me, can you do that in Corset 21, play a bunch of two-for-one removal spells, a turtle? Well, I mean, it's a core set, so you don't really get great two-for-one removal spells in these kinds of sets. There's no branching bolts, there's no incremental blight, but you do get to do something really cool. You get to reanimate things, huh? That must be pretty cool, right? Well, I suppose. Do you get to draw a bunch of cards while you're doing two, Turtle? Actually, yeah. You do get to draw a lot of cards. There's at least two different looters in this set to let you discard some really big creatures like Talarian Kraken. In fact, one of your looters has a reanimation spell attached 
to it. So you're looting away until you discard the creature that you want to bring back, and you get to put it back on the battlefield and basically win the game instantaneously. You must love that, Mr. Turtle. I suppose, but that's not really interactive magic. Oh no, I'm losing him. Uh, uh, no, no, Mr. Turtle, Mr. Turtle, Mr. Turtle! What if I were to tell you one of your discard outlets for the reanimation package is Reign of Revelation? Draw three, discard one. I love Reign of Revelation. That's one of the best cards from Modern Horizons. I love doing that. So, if that's in this format, could I maybe pass the turn and play Drago Magic? I can either draw cards or, or counter what our opponents might. Ooh! I could play Remand with this card. That's pretty good. I could counter and draw. Uh, wait, Mr. Turtle. I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but counter spells aren't very good in this format. What? Yeah. I mean, it's cute and all to be able to pass the turn and draw a bunch of cards with Reign of Revelation or frantic inventory and be able to counter something and draw cards with rewind but rewind's an uncommon doesn't come together all that often and quite frankly your opponent's probably curving out on turns two three even turn one one drops are really good in this format which makes you know counter spells that cost three kind of slow oh, i almost had him really gotta get this guy to perk up he's harshing the mellow around here Mr. Turtle, why don't you tell me about a card or two that you heard about in Corset 2021, and we can talk about a limited archetype that we could maybe build around it. Well, there was something that I heard was coming back, Turtle. Okay, okay, that's a good start. Tell me, what did you hear was making a return? Well, I heard that we're getting all new shrines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have new shrines in the new corset. Oh, that makes me so happy! We could build a five-color shrine uh, deck. Uh, I heard the green shrine makes different colors of mana. It does, but... We could get all the shrines, table them, get them light picks, and then when all of them are there, you get to Voltron together an enchantment package. And uh, aggro decks are really bad against enchantments. Uh, oh, I can't wait! And, uh, Mr. Turtle... Oh, the dual lands. The game lands are back, too. We can put uh, all Mr. of it together. Mr. Turtle, Mr. Turtle. What? Yeah. The shrines are back, but I hate to break it to you, they're not really good. What? Yeah, I hate to break it to you, Mr. Turtle, but in the same way that Rain Revelation, your 4-drop is not affecting the board in any way, hmm? playing one of these shrines kind of does the same thing. I mean, hmm. the red and white one, if you had a lot of mana, hmm? well, you could maybe tap a creature or hit something, but... I want to do that. Yeah, Mr. Turtle, I know you do, but the problem is you need at least two shrines before these effects become good on the same turn that you play the shrines, which means you have to draw more cards to find the shrines, which means you're not developing your board as well, and then on top of all that, the accelerating and color fixing that Cultivate provides, you're also not affecting the board well enough, Mr. Turtle. I'm sorry, the deck just didn't get there this time. I can't take this anymore. He sounds like the worst police siren ever. Mr. Turtle, I... And now he sounds like a train. Uh, uh, okay, 
Mr. Turtle, what about Teferi's tutelage? What's Teferi's tutelage? Can't believe I'm going to encourage this. Mr. Turtle, Teferi's tutelage is a blue enchantment. Two and a blue. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card and discard a card. Then every time that you draw a card, your opponent mills two cards. This is a pretty good win condition for the <laughs> turtling controlling decks. Well, actually, that does sound pretty good. You get rewarded for drawing more cards? Yeah, you really do. And it's actually pretty well placed in green-blue because <laughs> green actually gets to draw cards too with <laughs> Lanmar Visionary and Track Down. <laughs> it actually is a pretty good two-color synergy. Well, why didn't you mention this before? This card is fantastic! I, I can play as much on the battlefield as I like and the more cards I draw, the more our opponent loses the game and it yeah, but over multiple turns and Oh, I, uh, I can't wait. This is wonderful. Yes, Mr. Turtle, that's true, but you should just know I'm that... I'm going to go on Arena right now, and I'm going to take this card over... No, Mr. Turtle, wait, hold on a sec. No, I, no, I know you're excited, but you have to understand this card. It, Mr. Turtle! Turtle! Oh, no. <gasps> Borak, I... I don't know. I mean, I told him about Teferi's tutelage, and he seemed to perk up. He finally has his control deck, but he didn't stick around for me to tell him that it's a kind of messed up magic card. It's also really non-interactable, and it can make games just completely feel useless. He's going to go on Arena and draft this card and just make everyone's lives so sad by Thassa's Bident. What have I done? No, Borok, this is my fault. I need time to reflect. A 30-second advertisement should do the trick. If you love Scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you'll really love the new Lucky Number Scratcher. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats, after that commercial break and after I had a second to reflect on my own life choices both good and bad. I'm sure Mr. Turtle is now off to draft a bunch of Teferi's tutelage decks. Hooray! But in any case, let's take a moment to break down what M21 is and how do we beat the elephant that's in the room, and that of course is the abundance of hyper-aggressive and aggro-y decks that are in the format. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair play, Borok. This isn't one of the most aggressive or fast formats of Limited that we've seen lifetime. I mean, it may not even be one of the faster formats in one of the last few years, but M21, Corset 21, 
provides a lot of interesting questions for us to ask about our own play, especially after coming off of formats like Ikoria, Theros, and even Eldraine, all of which have pretty well-stocked shells of controlling elements. Cards that can help you come back from being behind, and quite frankly, the way that some of these aggressive decks are, and the way the answers exist in the format, you're hard-pressed to come back from when you're behind. I know, it's a pretty bold and powerful statement, my unlucky lounge rats, but that doesn't mean that you can't come from behind. The name of the game in this set is two-drop removal. This includes perhaps the best common, Scorching Dragonfire. It includes Grasp of Darkness. To some element, it does include Swift Response, but being a white card, pretty much all of white wants you to be aggressive, wants you to be a curve-out deck, and a card that says destroy a tapped creature doesn't really accomplish that when you're trying to empty out your hand as quick as possible and smash your opponent in the face. So if you're in your deck and you're midway through pack one and you can see that maybe the cards you've already started to take are not the aggressive cards, that clearly people are starting to take the Alpine Watchdogs, the Chandra's Magmut, they're taking them early, and you're like, I'm not going to be in the aggressive deck. This is where your focus needs to be on finding two-drop removal spells. Grass of Darkness, Scorching Dragonfire, and even in that case, you can pick up a swift response and get your opponents who are trying to curve out and get you. But regardless, you want to find your two drops, and you want to be able to jam them in the deck, because when you have your two drops, it's going to allow you to double spell on turns four or turns five, and be able to catch up from when you're behind. In that same vein, this format has maybe reevaluate the playability of certain one and two drop cards that, initially looking at, you think, you know, this may not always make it. But cards like these, I have been playing way more than I thought I would. For example, Snare Spinner. It's a 1-3 for 2, 1 to green. It's got reach, and when it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus 2, plus 0. Oh. Having a 1-3 on the board to stop your opponent's bears is such a pivotal role player in any green base control strategy. And green, other than white-green, which is the make counters and make your creatures really big, Green can tend to be quite controlling. Take, for example, we were talking about it before, with Teferi's Tutelage. If we're taking one of those cards early, Teferi's Tutelage, of course, I mean, I'd be looking actively to fill out the two-drop slot with as much big toughness creatures as I possibly can. This includes Snare Spinner. This includes one of my favorite green commons from the entire set, Drowsing Tyranodon, and it also includes Videlian Arcanist. Yes, the one three that makes mana just for instants and sorceries, I think is a pretty key role player, not only to try and cast, say, your Reign of Revelation on turn three, which is lovely, by the way, but it's also key in being able to establish a board state in an early, early sense. So if you're taking those green-blue packages, I would high-prioritize getting the two drops before you go into anything on turn three. Your three drops and four drops, you're going to find them. You'll find your Pride Malkins. You'll find your Truffle Snouts. You may even get a late Lanwar Visionary, but making sure that you establish a board state before playing your Teferi's Tulage on turn three, having at least something to block with, something to interact with your opponent, 
is just vital. So prioritize those two drops in your green-based control strategies. Now, with removal, you take as much as you possibly can. I have gone many a draft without finding a single Grasp of Darkness or without finding a single Scorching Dragonfire. In fact, recently I put together a blue-red deck that had double experimental overload and had zero Scorching Dragonfires. This card became such an interesting card for me to play in that I had to recontextualize the way I looked at it. It wasn't good when you're bringing back a five drop removal spell. This card is good when you're playing multiple instants and sorceries on turns one, two, three, and four. Your ops, your crash throughs, fill up your graveyard early. So if you need to play it on turn four to establish another piece of removal in your hand, plus a weird body, and I don't mean a strange body, I mean the card actually produces a weird. That is your best use for the card. I would never really particularly want to say cast multiple turn to slags with this card unless i'm playing against the green red big creature matchup but even that deck has gone down quite a bit for me the real issue that this set has is that when you're behind the ability to come back from behind is so so very difficult because tricks are great in this format being able to force your opponent to make a bad block is crazy and it happens all the time you're behind you just have to sometimes block cross your fingers and hope they don't have the feet of resistance or the sure strike in the same vein i want to talk about one drops that are surprisingly okay as control cards take for example goblin arsonist it's the one one for one red mana that when it dies it deals one damage I look at this card in a typical frame of a limited environment and I think to myself, this card does not seem very good. It just feels like a 1-1 derp that will hit them for one in the face afterwards, but this set makes me recontextualize looking at this card. This card actually is kind of a 2-1 for one. When you're playing defensively and you're blocking, you can configure interesting blocking stacks that can let that one extra damage really assist you in trading off your opponent's stuff or force them to use a removal spell. At which point, if you say have your Scorching Dragonfire, your Grasp of Darkness, or even your Unsubstantiate to back up your blocks, you're feeling a lot more comfortable in the format. And anytime you would have just a little breath of fresh air when an aggro deck is going one, two, three, four, Bastards, Acolyte, I want more, you feel so much better. Yeah, sorry, Borok, my bear buddy. Sometimes the bad rhymes, they come out organically. Now, I want to take a second as well to mention a deck we talked about earlier with Mr. Turtle, and that is the reanimation deck. Now, in times past in Limited, when you're putting together a reanimation package, you're looking at playing a control shell into eventually reanimating something big and something crazy. Now that's partially true for Corset 2021, but I think more importantly, your better reanimation plays are those that happen earlier, the ones that make your opponent's attacks untenable. This includes discarding a Spine Megalodon, the 5-7 with Hexproof. This includes getting your Waker of Waves, the thing that reduces the power of your opponent's creatures by one, which as we mentioned in a previous episode, is an effect that is quite insane. 
This also includes getting a Gourmand in the graveyard. This card, if you have never reanimated it, please put it on your achievement list. The need to sacrifice your own creature is only part of an additional cost to putting this creature onto the battlefield from your hand. When you're reanimating it, you don't have to pay that cost. And having a 5-5 flyer plus making your opponent sacrifice a creature when this thing enters the battlefield is game changing. Do this affect my unlucky lounge rats? It is phenomenal. Hey, they may have been gassed me before, but I got them back on my side now, Borak. <laughs> yeah, Borak, I know that I'm the one that creates them. Don't break the fourth wall. Come on. All right, fair enough. Back on topic. How is it that we can build the turtle decks, the control decks in a format that begs for all of us to be aggressive? And there's one more card that I just want to put out there, maybe on a little hot list, a short list of potential role players in particular decks. In either your green blue Teferi's tutelage card draw control shells, or maybe even the reanimation control shells, I think that there is some arguments for Wall of Runes. I hear your skepticism, but give me one minute to give you this pitch. I know a 0-4 for one mana with a random scrying of one isn't particularly good, and is definitely not worth a traditional full card as we might classify it. However, in the same way that this set is about who deploys their hands out quicker, this 0-4 for one blue mana might just be the role player that things like the reanimation deck or the Teferi's Tutelage Wincon decks are looking to play to. So if you are trying to bring back something big like a Waker of Waves or trying to make your opponents get gone with being milled out by Teferi's Tutelage, then having early interaction like this card might just be what you're looking for. Yeah, Borak, I'm not fully convinced either quite yet. But I am interested in keeping an eye out for it. And I'm also interested to see what all of my unlucky lounge rats out there think. Am I off my gourd thinking that Wall of Runes might actually be a role player in the Teferi's Tutelage decks and or the Reanimation decks? Or is this something that, you know, maybe I need to pump my brakes and not think as cutely on? Also, what other decks have you drafted that can beat the hyper-aggressive green-white or red-white decks that exist in Corset 2021? Was there one that I didn't mention? Let me know where you can find me on the socials. That's Instagram, Cory Demon Enriquez. It's on Twitter, Draft and Draft Cory. And of course, look us up at our Patreon, Draft and Draft, an MTG podcast. Have you had the Shrine deck work? If so, let me know. I want to draft this deck myself. Tell me, how did it work for you? Well, it looks like we've reached the end of yet another episode. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and continue to tune in for some more exciting magic content here on Draft and Draft. My name is Corey. This is Borok. <laughs> And what do you say, buddy? Let's end this episode with our tradition. A little something known as the untap step. Yeah, it's a little out of order, but who cares? It's our podcast. Ah. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own.
Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.